We came here to immerse ourselves in the human condition so that we could learn from that. If we walked around in a soul state for the rest of our lives, we'd miss a lot of the lessons that we came here to learn. Welcome to the Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast brought to you by Satori Prime. Look, if you believe that there's got to be more to life or you find yourself zagging when others are zigging, this podcast is most likely for you. We're not here to fix you because in our opinion, you're already perfect. We are here to help you remember who you truly are. That light inside of you that you thought you lost forever. I think you know the one I'm talking about, right? That one. We're brash and blunt and give it to you straight. You'll most likely love us and hate us at the same time. And for us, that's perfect. Because what we are here to do is open your heart and expand your mind so you can live your ultimate life. And if you're wanting more support at any time or just want to interact with Guy and I, find our personal development without the fluff group on Facebook and come hang out with us and other like-minded, amazing human beings. So if you're done with fantasizing about your life and you're ready to go start living it, Welcome to our show. Now let's get started. All right, welcome to the show. Now, before we jump in, I want to make a big announcement. So obviously we have the holidays and Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and all that stuff happening. And Guy and I have created something, a way to give back to you, our loyal listeners. So you may have heard that we started something called The Collective. What you may have not heard is that right now, not only can you get in for a 14-day free trial to experiment it and see if it works for you, we've also lowered the price from $99 a month to just nine. That's right. You didn't hear this wrong. From $99 to nine. And if you do it now, you can get grandfathered in at that $9 price point today. Again, all you have to do is go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective, satoriprime.com forward slash collective, and you can grandfather yourself in to the collective for just $9. Our way to give back during this holiday season. So if you're out there wanting to make significant changes in your life, wanting to get more peace, more fulfillment, more love in every area of your life, make sure you go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now. I do not know how long we're going to keep this up. So now would be the time to act. Hello, my friends. So today's iTunes review comes to us from No Moat Ads. He writes or she writes, gets to the root cause of our situation. After years of looking outside for an answer to fix my problem, I believe I have found what I was looking for. Something that would stop treating the symptoms, problems, I was experiencing and get to the root cause of why I was experiencing it. This is not a band-aid approach. Rather, it will leave you feeling empowered and worthy. No moat ads. Thank you so much. That is exactly the intention of the podcast. I couldn't have said it better myself. If you email me at elon at satoriprime.com, I will get you your special gift. And if you're out there listening and you'd be willing to leave us an honest review on iTunes, I will read it and then I will send you a personalized gift as well. All right, now on with the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back to Personal Development Without the Fluff. I am honored, truly, truly honored because uh, the person that's with us here today um, 
is part of an organization that has truly changed my life. I don't know. There might be one book that I've handed out more, but it's definitely in the top two books that I've handed out more than any other book. You guys have definitely heard me talk about it. Uh, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls by Michael Newton. And so today with us here is Peter Smith, who is the director of the Newton Institute for a long, long time. So first of all, Peter, welcome to the show. Hi, Elon. Great to be here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Um, like I said, these, uh, I think I shared this with you previously, like every time someone is grieving in my life or, or had yeah. some sort of tragedy happen, I find a way in a loving, you know, not like, hey, you should read this, but in a loving way to really uh, encourage them. And I'll just kind of leave it somewhere and then they get around to it. And I inevitably get that phone call or text or something like, wow, thank you so much. That That's changed my life. So for those of you that are listening right now and maybe are not so familiar with uh, Michael Newton's work, maybe, Peter, you can just share a little bit about your history uh, with Michael and the organization and, and what you guys are up to. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, this is profound work because everybody deserves to know that they're a spiritual being having a human experience. Mm. And religions will tell us about an afterlife, you know, and that's more of a philosophical understanding that something awaits us when we pass. And we hear about near-death experiences, and there's been some fantastic books in recent years written about those. And everybody wants to know that there is something that happens afterwards, but... Mm. We don't have to wait until we get there to find out. You know, we have, a, we have this incredible eternal soul within us, so it makes perfect sense that we should be able to access that under the right circumstances. Now, if we can get the busyness of, you know, our, our normal lives out of the way and we can go a little bit deeper and we can park this physical uh, reality that's driven by time, the human intellect, we can go deeper. And, and people have been doing this for many, many thousands of years through meditation, etc we can get down under the surface, then we can find out more of who we really are. Now, Michael Newton was a traditional psychologist in clinical practice back in the 60s, and that's a long time ago. And I was born didn't in the believe 60s. in any of this stuff, which is the yeah. coolest part. <laughs> I mean, when he, when he first came across his work, I think I was four years old or something. Back in uh, 1968, he did his first ever session, by accident, as all great discoveries are often made. So um, he, he discovered that... You know, he could take a client beyond this human personality and into an immortal one. And mm -hmm. over a period of 35 years and 7,000 cases, um, and a lot of people don't realise the length and the breadth and the size of this, uh, this information that he accumulated about the spiritual realm, he took people into a deep hypnotic trance. He worked a method where he takes us back in time, through childhood, back through uh, our time in our mother's womb before we are born, then into a past lifetime and you know past life regression has been around for a long long time but at the end of that life we cross over so he tracked that client all the way to the part where they cross over and then took them into the spiritual realm and that's where the work really starts once we're completely out of the way in human form and once we've moved through that past life which is usually relevant to the client today anyway um, we enter the spiritual realm through what he called the front door and then the spiritual realm is there before us in all its glory. Now, he mapped this over a period of 35 years, as mentioned. But one of the great characteristics of this work is that he did sessions for people of incredible diversity, uh, different professions, 
different demographics, um, gender, age, the whole lot of it, and they all had remarkably similar experiences of meeting their spiritual guides, um, attending a council where they're overseen from lifetime to lifetime, reuniting with a soul group of people that they reincarnate on a regular basis with, and even some of the activities they do in the afterlife around energy, around learning, um, schools, libraries, temples, all of these sacred places. Um, this came up time and time and time and time again. So when he published his first book, and you, you mentioned Journey of Souls um, there a minute ago, when he published that first one in 96, it hit the hit the um, the market and people just raised their eyebrow and they say, why have we not heard of this before? And it's because over that 35 years, he did a lot of this in secret. You know, he didn't want to be influenced by other people. And he told me once he didn't even want to work, walk into other bookstores in case he saw what else was out there in case it influenced his research. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, he, when he went on the original book tour and he was driving across um, the US in his old station wagon with boxes of books in the back, that's how it was done in the old days, bookstore to bookstore and doing signings. And he did a big talk in a hall once and he started to talk about this work and some guy got up the back and he said, this is preposterous. This is ridiculous. This doesn't fit with any of my religious beliefs. How many clients have you done? And Michael looked up and he said, around 7,000. And the guy sat down without another word. Wow. So, so this, I mean, the, the size and the nature of this was phenomenal when we started. And now at the Newton Institute, we've got something like um, 220 people in 40 different countries who are now carrying on the work that Michael started. And we estimate that we've now done around 50,000 uh, additional cases and it's increasing by about uh, somewhere between four and 5,000 globally every year. People are moving to these deeper states, touching their souls, um, discovering their purpose, um, finding out who's in their soul group, working out what the lineage of their soul holds for them in terms of themes that have either inspired them or challenged them over many lifetimes. Uh, but this is a phenomenon that everyone should know about because everybody has a right to their own soul. Oh, I, I mean, I get goosebumps just like thinking about the book and you talking about the interactions with, with uh, Michael. And when I, when I read that book, it was almost like um, – it was almost like a transmission of sorts where it wasn't a book. It was an experience. I almost felt like I got to go through an experience. And there were times as I was going through this experience that it's like the, so it's not new information. That's, that's what it occurred to me. Yeah. Like it was like um, a remembrance, a, a feeling yeah. of home and going like, yeah, 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 that, like that. And it would just be this resonance in my chest where it would just like vibrate, like, like a bell was going off and going, that, that. And um, there's a moment in, in one of the books that he talks about um, when, we, when we find our soulmates. Yeah. And um, how it's programmed where we get these cues, like programmed in before we, we embody again. And... Um, to almost like help guide us, you know, like when we meet certain people or we're at certain events, whether it's a smell, um, you know, I think a woman described a necklace, something, but, um, and he talked about this literal experience of like bells going off. It, it was like this, that, you know, you cannot miss that. And so 
I remember hearing that and then having the experience of looking at my experience of meeting my wife, which I 100% believe were soulmates. And I'll never forget like when, I, when we held hands for the first time to cross the street and I looked back at the moment, it was that like, like I remember I held and it was just like flashes, flashes and flashes. Like I wasn't sure what it was. Cause obviously I had no distinction or words for it, but it was like, dude, this is serious. This is not like anybody else's hand that you held. Like, it was big, you know? And I remember when I saw that, it was just, it highlighted all these amazing aspects. It gave language to things that I think we all experience in a way that we've never had language to to describe those things before. And it it was so mind expanding. That it was like, that's the reason I'm just obsessed with those books. And as soon as I finished Journey, I was like, where's the other one? <laughs> um I'm curious, you've obviously done many, many of these uh, regressions yourself where you've taken people through this, right? So I- I'm just curious from being on the other side of it, like what, what's been your most surprising uh, experience as, as being a practitioner like this? Well, I guess for my mind, uh, where these sessions are unique, Elon, is that you know, I've, I've been a traditional therapist for a while. We, Our people that come through and we train them, they're traditional therapists first and foremost because this is sort of top-end hypnotherapy regression training and people need to be able to deal with trauma and they need to be able to deal with past life stuff. If you're moving outside of time and space, you've got to be able to work within time and space first. Often our clients will have some of those traumas come up and we need to deal with them practically, expertly and, you know, with a full duty of care as a therapist. But when, when you get into, like, I guess for my mind, um, working with anxiety, working with depression, and I've done a lot of that over the years as well, and you're really helping the client get through that. Past life is a little bit out there, but when you um, activate an immortal soul in the chair, mm. um, it is the incredi- an incredibly humbling experience for us. Wow. Like I'm, I'm sitting there as Pete, okay, and I've got you know, Ashtar or some immortal being that's there that's telling me what's going on in the universe. And I'm just sitting there and I'm taking notes and this activated super conscious being, this immortal soul sitting in the chair, you know, they're in touch with the entire universe and the whole lineage of their soul and they're reporting back to me stuff that I can only just imagine. And, of course, you know, I've had my turn to be the client as well, so I've experienced it from that end. But for my mind, it's the humbling experience and there's never been a better time for a therapist to understand they don't have all the answers <laughs> and everything comes from within the client themselves. So it breaks new ground for us as a, you know, we refer to it more as facilitation rather than therapy sure. because we're just helping our client, um, the human part of our client, to step gently aside, allowing a gent- gently allowing uh, over a long period of time, as you know, uh, and a mortal soul to emerge, and that is a life that's forever changed. It's like we flip at that point. Like we're having, we're the human being having uh, every now and then we have a spiritual experience, but you live the rest of your life fundamentally and completely knowing that you are um, a spiritual being and you're having human experiences. And some days we're more human, some days we're more spiritual, but that's the game that we came here to play. We came here to immerse ourselves in the human condition so that we could learn from that. Um, if we walked around in a soul state for the rest of our lives, we'd miss a lot of the lessons that we came here to learn. 
Yeah. That, I, and I think the book highlights that incredibly well in, in giving the contrast uh, between kind of the soul world and this physical world and how we really choose very specifically, I mean, like very specifically with, with members of council and, and, and with members in our group, like we specifically choose a body, a time, a location, our parents, like all of these things to come and have a very, very specific physical experience. And when I coach people, I tell people all the time, like if you lived in a world that was utopia and life was always going like this in every area, you know, your health, your well-being, your, your finances, all of it. It was just like this. You'd be bored as hell and you'd be like, I'm done with this. I don't even want to do this anymore. And truth be told, like, you know, up there really, I mean, there, there's lessons and all that stuff that we're learning and unpacking, but like, that's kind of the world that, that, that we choose to go leave from to come here and have a physical experience, be the murdered, be the murderer, be like all, like to have all of the human possible experiences. And to, because like once I got that, then the other piece was that everyone else is also in that game. And so when someone comes into my experience that pisses me off or does something wrong to me, I can, and grant, like, I don't know this to be true, but like in my experience, it's, oh, that person was actually put here for us to play out this experience so that I can learn whatever lessons I'm here to learn. And whether they're from my soul cluster or someone else, like we're actually here to do that. Like that is the purpose of this. So my feeling bad or upset or frightened or disheartened or whatever it might be, yeah, I chose to have that experience. And that was like a huge, huge awakening for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, how do you, how do you open, how do you awaken humanity? I mean, the answer to that is one soul at a time. And that's what we're out there doing. And, and the books, uh, you know, Martha's probably, I, I guess his books have sold about a million copies now. Been translated into 30 or 40 different languages. And when I did his eulogy years ago, I read out the languages and, Things are being, you know, uh, translated into languages I haven't heard of, wow. which is fantastic. So, you know, this is something that sends a really strong message that it that is exactly that. There is so much more to us than meets the eye. Let's go looking for it. Yeah. I'm curious in your, in your personal experience, um, you obviously have access to wisdom that is just transcendent, like, like from, from the highest level souls. Um, what has made like the largest impact on you in your day-to-day life in working with these, with these beings? What have you kind of taken? And you can list as many as you want or any experiences I'd love to hear. Well, for my mind, um, I know that I'm more than Pete. Mm. Okay. I know that I'm, um, I know that I've been to many places. Um, I know that I've had about 80 lives here on earth before and, many other places as well. And, you know, I see, I, I guess the transition for me, Elon, the big one for me, um, first of all, anyone ever does past life work um, has to shake the fear of death because, you know, <laughs> once you realise that you continue, I mean, you no longer fear death the way that other people may. Um, when you know that uh, you go somewhere that's nice, you don't fear the judgement that might come from some of the religious doctrines that we've been offered over the years. Mm. But for my mind, 
the big thing for me was um, just stepping into my authenticity and things start to change around you when you when you step into this space that you know that there is so much more and other people don't you start to move into a different part of your life um you know, i was a corporate guy once and once i discovered this work i just had to get out of the corporate work and i had to pursue this it was an absolute passion for me it was something that that drove me forward in terms of my purpose and you know friendships fall away you know you can't do the small talk anymore you know, um, it's hard to talk about football. <laughs> you know, when you know that there's a universe out there that is calling us all to discover who we really are. Mm. So um, it's the turnaround in consciousness that means once you've you've started to explore and once you've started to seek, you're always looking for the next piece. Now, it's that flip that I mentioned before, the sort of from the human being to the spiritual being having the human bits that changes everything in life and it flows across all that you do. And, you know, I've got, you know, extended family members that probably think I'm a little nuts. There's a, <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. There's a few others I might have inspired a little along yeah. the way. But, you know, we're, we're here to bring change, Elon, to the world. And these conversations are so important because they awaken something in us that's already there. And I, I love your description of reading the book and I've heard that from many people over the years. A lady told me just yesterday that she was reading um, reading Journey of Souls and she disappeared for a while and she came back. She didn't, didn't know where she went. She doesn't know what happened, but she lost like 15 minutes. And she looked at her watch and 15 minutes had passed and it's like she got pulled out and yeah. learned something that will um, come to her in, you know, in dreams or conscious memory or something when the time is right. It's everybody are having these experiences and, so many people have written over the years to, to Michael and to our organisation and, you know, some of that mail's made its way through to me that they've had the incredible awakening experience just from the book without even doing a session. So you can only imagine what happened by the time they got to the chair. Yeah, it's really interesting. I actually had a, um, a session done the first time and I think I mentioned to you before I'd done plant medicine work and had some incredible experiences and... I'd read the book and, and it was like, oh my God, this just sounds right up my alley. And so I found someone here nearby and I did the experience. And partly I feel like, you know, I, I was holding myself back because I had so many expectations of what it was supposed to look like and feel like and this and that. And it didn't really happen. And so I left. I was really, really disappointed. And I actually contacted the woman again and I said, look, I know it's not that you did anything wrong. I just, Felt like because I showed up this way and this way and this way, I, I really missed it. And I really, really wanted to have this experience. Um, would you be open to, to doing another session? And uh, she said, you know what? I'll get back to you. And, and, and it was just like so perfect. She actually said, I'll talk to the guides and, and I'll see what they say. And I was like, take your time, you know, no pressure. And so like a few weeks later, she, she asked if I, she said, I spoke and they said, yes. So I came back and I did another session and I've done a lot of work since, which I think made me realize now, um, the power of what I saw. It was interesting. Like when I was going through it, it almost felt like I was making up a story and I couldn't, I couldn't distinguish because I'd read journey of souls and I had like all these images and of what it would look like. I couldn't tell if I was bringing that to the party and like wanting it to be that thing or it was actually that thing. And um, now I just come to this point of, of doing a lot more in our work where you just 
you get to like trust and, and release and, and that allows for it. Um, I'm curious from your perspective, because you've obviously done this a lot and maybe you can even give me, me some pointers and feedback. Cause I know this is something that you can also do and carry on through meditations on your own. What, what's that experience like, you know, for the people that are, that did make the case studies in the group or was like so crystal clear to them, or at least my interpretation was that it was so crystal clear to them that they knew that they were in this place and this person, et cetera. Um, is it always like that? Is it sometimes kind of like a little bit hazy and you work through that haze? What's that process like sometimes? Everybody experiences it a little bit differently. And, you know, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, you know, we know all of those different modalities that people experience things sure. like. And our benchmark for visual is, you know, I've got a, I can see you right there and I can see the background. Uh, I can see what you're wearing. You know, I can describe you really, really well. Um, you can see the colourful shirt I'm wearing and stuff in the background here. This is this is our background um, benchmark, if you like, for visual. Sure. Now, when we get into a world of energy, there are no eyes, okay? There's no visual cortex when you're out of the physical form. It's more of a sensing and feeling, knowing that comes from the energetic vibrations of what we experience. Mm. Now, even with past life work, we're retrieving memories from the fabric of our soul that can be thousands and thousands of years old. Okay, so when you know, it's it's very rare for people to run it like a movie and to see it like the IMAX theater or something like that. Yeah. It just you now, my experience of having done this for the last fifteen years or so is that you know it just doesn't really unfold that way. Now. Um, one of the things that I offer my clients that's worked really well is I've say you know I say to them they're down there and you know and they're, they're sort of their brows a little furrowed and they're trying to sort of see their way through it and I can see them trying to use the human eyes and I say to them just let the energy tell the story mm. you know just just feel into what you're experiencing and let those feelings show you what you need to see and they relax. And they stop trying to use the eyes. They use, if you like, the inner eyes of the knowing of the soul. And that's what makes it a lot easier. But there's some, some real trends in the work that we're seeing that go beyond the books now because the majority of Michael's um, cases happened in the 80s and the 90s. And the first thing is that, that we're seeing some new sessions that are very different from the ones in the book. It's like people are superseding the need for the structure that we originally... Oh. Uh, brought into as a foundation of the work. Um, I'm just going to go here now. I'm just going to go there now. And off they go. And our role as the facilitator is to just follow. And rather than the, the traditional soul group meeting, they might be, you know, go and talk to that guy over there and that one over there. And then this one takes them somewhere else and shows them something else. Guide takes them to another place or shows them things or they have an experience of um, whatever it might be in their activities that they do between lives. The other thing that we're seeing is that there is a lot of people coming through who've got diversity in the lineage of their soul that is not from Earth. They've incarnated many times on other planets. And wow. that's where we really need to um, be more flexible in our facilitation skills. And often we'll say, um, you know, um, allow yourself to be shown where you've spent most of your incarnations. And they'll shoot off to another planet. And they'll describe a, a world that is completely made of water. Wow, or light. 
or vibration and they'll meet with beings that are more um, different types of life forms in terms of vibration or translucent or you know beings of light and energy and you know so we're seeing some of these new trends in the work because i think the world's ready for it Elon, for us to take this to the next level and you know over the years i've heard an increasing number of people say that they're here to be part of the changes for humanity oh. i'm here to make my contribution this is me i've come from far away this is an exciting time to be here on earth because so much is happening you can learn a lot and we already knew from Michael's books and from our own experiences, this is a pretty tough school here, this one. Yeah. Um, and this is a very dense planet in terms of physical matter and, and the lives and the bodies that we have. Uh, most other places seem to be a lot lighter. But with that heaviness and that denseness comes the greatest opportunity if we can raise the vibration of humanity here, if we can move ahead in ways that take you know humankind into a whole new era of consciousness, then that ripples out into the rest of the universe because everything's connected. So we've got a responsibility not just to humanity but to everything that goes beyond that. So these are some of the trends that we're seeing that are happening. You know, for, for people who want to keep hold of the experience, what we love to do is we record it for people. And I'll often say to a client, you know, there's a, find the piece on your recording that most inspires you. And every now and then listen to that and then meditate and ask for more. Mm. And in that, because um, these days of digital recording, we, we record the experience and it's energetically recorded within us. What we're doing is we're triggering the knowing of the soul because you're mm. back in that space, brings it back to the surface, and then you keep going. Hi there, my friend. I just want to take a minute in case you skip the intro to these shows for some reason and let you know that for a very, and I mean truly very limited time, as in this could be gone by next week, Guy and I are offering entrance into our collective for instead of $99 a month for just nine. That's right. You can get yourself grandfathered in for just $9 a month for life now, as long as you head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective. And if you're thinking, I don't know, is this for me? Then I got two things to say about that. First, if you even like this podcast a little bit, you'll absolutely love the collective. We share things in there that we share with our personal clients who pay us tens of thousands of dollars and you can get them for nine bucks. And the second thing is we're actually offering you a 14 day free trial. So you can just come and check it out for yourself for free. You have nothing to lose. So again, go to satoriprime.com forward slash collective right now and make sure you lock this thing in before we realize that we've gone crazy and change our minds. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you in our collective. Now back to the show. Brilliant. So you got me thinking about this. Uh, I think Neil Donald Walsh calls them Hebs, uh, highly evolved beings that, that okay. come here. So I didn't know that that Michael's work and, and most of those case studies were done in the 80s. So that was really cool to find out. Are you so when you see that and you have an experience with with a being that that's come from uh, different planets when they show up there and they're having conversations, are they still speaking English or are they? Yeah. Oh yeah, like they're they're in their chair and they to communicate. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tell you a couple of stories and then Please. I'll. Um, you know, I once had a client and, and lovely woman 
came in and, and we'd done all the preliminaries, gone through childhood, found a couple of great experiences, tested the memories, back into the womb, didn't really connect with mum, you know, it, didn't, it feels a bit strange being in a human body and that's the first sign that the soul might be from somewhere else. So then she went into a past life that was different, you know, um, uh, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, head. and this was a few years ago. But the piece that made the biggest impression on me was when she got into the full LBL state. And I said, um, you know, um, help me to understand what your purpose for this lifetime is as I'll call her Alice. Okay. Well, I've come here to study the human brain, she said. I said, really? Uh, she said, yes, I'm a researcher from, an, and she was from a, like a, another galaxy out there and she'd come to research humanity and the best way to research humanity was to incarnate as a human. Wow. And she wanted to study the human brain from the inside. So she's telling me all this stuff about neural pathways and all of that. And then she turns to me and she says, do you have any questions? <laughs> You're like a million. <laughs> and it took me by surprise. And, and all I could sort of pull out of my hat was um, that old thing that we only use like 15% of our brain mm. or something like that, whatever it is. So I said to this lady, I said, well, can you tell me, please, why human beings only use 15% of our brain? And she looked a bit confused and she said, who told you that? And I said, well, our scientists have measured these things. And she says, oh, no, your scientists just haven't invented the machines that tell us what else the brain is actually doing. And I thought, you know, it was, that's what I love about this work is that even as the facilitator, therapist, whatever, we're never in charge. And if we're on the wrong track or if we we ask the wrong thing or whatever, we get put in our place by these immortal beings in the most beautiful way. And they, you know, not in a condescending way, but in a way that echoes their greater wisdom compared to me when I'm still in my human form as the facilitator. So <laughs> that, I just love that. You know, I had, a, I had another guy who came in and, um, and he was um, one of the questions on his list because, as you know, you come with a list, what are the things you want to know? He had this buzzing on the top of his head. Every night he went to bed and he had this buzzing in his, like, crown chakra. If wow. listeners are into chakras and that sort of stuff, sort of our connection to the divine under, you know, Eastern, um, you know, theology and energy work. Um, so the reason for him was that he was very much involved with shamanism and he'd done a lot of work in South America, North America, He'd been adopted by a couple of the different um, tribes, uh, Native Americans and Native South Americans. Such had been his closeness into working with the shamans in those areas. Uh, so he, this guy was full-on uh, shaman. But what he was doing was he was absorbing all of the information that was held in the, in the earth from thousands of years of shamanism. And he was from off-world and he was part of a group consciousness. He was like one-twelfth roughly, like 8% or something of this overall being, 8% of them had, 8% of the, that group being had incarnated as him because no, other, other species in the universe don't experience unique individual consciousness like we do here on Earth. Yeah. They're often collective consciousness. So um, every night he was absorbing all of this information from Earth and he was shooting it out of his crown chakra back to the rest of the group. It was like an upload every night. Wow. Now... Here's the cool bit. What that group was doing is they were assembling all of this work that he was pulling out of the earth and they were taking it to other planets to, sh to start shamanic practices 
on other planets. Oh, my God. So what they were learning, they were transmitting elsewhere. So, you know, this guy comes in and said, you know, why does my head buzz? And you get a story like that. And, you know, you, I mean, Elon, you can't make this stuff up. Nope. Nope. And, and, and there's something, you know, we, we kind of glossed over it because th- this stuff just fascinates me. But I really think, you know, we can even bring this down to a more grounded level because you said specifically you work with uh, people with anxiety and depression. Absolutely. Um, which are, you know, very, very real. I, I think I read a statistic somewhere that 70% of the population in the U.S. is on some sort of uh, pharmaceutical drug today. Wow. Um, and, and I don't remember the exact number, but a large portion of that has to do with antidepressant or, yeah. you know, making people feel better in one way, shape or form, um, which I've always found ironic because we're basically putting a Band-Aid on something rather than healing the something. Uh, but a lot of people want the instant gratification and don't want to do the work. Whereas I found people in Journey of Souls, for example, where he starts uh, talking about people having certain this lifetime experience, struggle with a spouse, struggle with a sister, brother, a partner, et cetera, which is leading to their lives being... Um, I don't know if depressed would be the word, but like troubled in one way, shape or form. Um, I'd love for you just to share a little bit of insights in that, you know, how powerful this, this type of work can be for in this lifetime transformation, because the stories that I heard, it was like they, they, they sat in a chair one way, they got out of the chair and they were a completely different understanding of their life. You know, um, let's take anxiety for an example. Please. And because it's as much a, an issue in my country as yours, I can assure you. <laughs> I uh, think it's a human thing. Yeah, I think, well, yeah. If you look <laughs> at uh, what the fear, fear-based fear uh, culture we have across the world, then, you know, it's not surprising in some ways. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, I read an article for Nexus magazine, and it was all about tracking anxiety through these different levels. And what I've seen over the years is somebody will come in and, and yeah, they'll present with anxiety. And as you move deeper into that person, you uncover an incredible path. And you and let me go full circle on this because it's an important conversation. You might get a kid that was bullied at school. Um, you might get a kid that took on some of mum and dad's issues when they were small in the formative years, that first seven to 12 years, depending on which psychological model you use. But ultimately, that conditioning period of time, kids just absorb everything around them because their subconscious mind is open. And they wander around and they daydream and they're sort of in like alpha states and even beta states when they're little bubs having naps and all that sort of stuff. So they absorb everything around them. So we'll go in and we'll do um, hypnotherapy. We'll do normal age regression work and we'll go back and we'll release the trauma of being bullied at school. We'll release the taking on of mum and dad's energy and we'll do child rescue or whatever that is, you know, child work, whatever it might be to set the client free we might find that the anxiety is not gone yet. So then we'll go deeper in another session and we'll go back and we'll we'll flick off into a past life, we'll follow the energy back in time and we'll find somebody that was um, nailed to a cross or hung for being a witch or persecuted by the soldiers or had their village burned, whatever it might be, and we'll take them into that and we'll release the connection into the stresses of that past life and just record it as history. There's a whole lot of technique out of that. We'll take them to the end of that life, move them out of that body, and we'll, you know, what I do is I say, 
is there a pattern of anxiety across the lineage of your soul? And they might say, yes, it's happened to me 50 times. And I'll do something to get all 50 lives in and we'll do a healing across the 50 lives, all the guys, like a gestalt-type process, just, you know, let all the stuff go. So we release the pattern. Then when we do LBL at another time, because they might be ready to do LBL, they'll find that they deliberately chose a difficult childhood. They chose a sensitive body so that they could feel anxiety because one of their intentions in this lifetime was not just to learn how to deal with anxiety, but to release it from the whole history of their soul. Mm. And that's one of the reasons they came here. Now, all of this started with bullying at school or a difficult childhood. So as we track it down through the layers, we come to this beautiful realisation in the superconscious that all of this was deliberately done in this lifetime so that we could heal the other. When they get out of that process, uh, with that knowing and that understanding, what, what have you seen causes that shift for them? Well, often um, they'll describe, I'll say, how you're feeling after all that, after any one of those number of sessions. And they'll say, I don't know. Mm. And I'll say, why is that? And they'll say, I've never felt like this before. And in those beautiful words, Elon, comes the, the knowing that they have never not experienced anxiety. And for the first time in their life, they're standing there and they're not quite sure what to do because they, they're used to being hypervigilant about the world around them. Yep. And so they no longer are. And, you know, anxiety helps in some ways. We need to be wary. We need to have a normal level of wariness in this difficult world. Absolutely. You don't walk down a dark alley at 3 o'clock in the morning if you hear some noises down that alley. Yeah. Uh, you look twice before you go across to your car in a car park. and You look behind when you, before you put your PIN number in the ATM. I mean, this is just normal wariness that we need in this life. But we're not, we're not designed to be hypervigilant all the time and to carry our past with us across time and space in a way that ruins the moment of the now. Mm. Everyone deserves to be set free from this epidemic of anxiety. And sometimes it has really deep, uh, deep roots in the past. And then there's intergenerational trauma, you know, when it's passed down. And I've seen phobias passed down from parents to children simply through their conditioning and through the energetic exchange that we always have, you know, um, in close family groups. Yeah. It's a, it's a big issue. There's um, there's a really profound. I mean, some of the work that we do with our clients also is just to heal that ancestral lineage stuff. Yeah, and, and I do believe that that each one of us has, if we so choose, the ability to end that lineage passing down, like with us. It doesn't have to continue past us. Um, which for some people, you know, it blows their mind and they're just kind of like, I, I don't even understand. And there's, there's those that are willing to do that work, whether it's something about a, a father-child relationship or um, an anxiety or stress. You know, one of the things that we've come to realize in doing all these different works and, and being with different people is that um, our generation, so I'm uh, from parents who are Russian Jews. So just like like things that we've seen in our lineage is this this sense of struggle yeah struggle has been a part of the lineage and it is also now shifted into a struggle where like through struggle we create connection yeah 
Um, and just having that awareness and realizing and then going, being able to go internal and actually heal those things. Um, I've noticed, and I mean, I've just pick up on this stuff, but like I've noticed shifts in my children. I've noticed shift in my interactions with my wife. I've noticed shifts in my interactions with my brother. Um, a lot of this stuff, you know, sometimes people hear it and it's like, it's not linear in the way that, um, you know, if you did a juice cleanse or a water cleanse that, you know, that's a linear path to, to losing weight. It's not linear like that. And I find it to be even more powerful. I spoke to a woman earlier today that um, out of the blue, her son, who is now 15 years old, reached out to her to, to reconnect. And, you know, like she hasn't had that in mind of going, you know, I'm going to do this work so that I can reconnect with my son. She's just yeah. working on herself. And in that energetic release, he's like called to all of a sudden show up. And I, I just find these stories to be so, so beautiful when, when people are awake enough to realize that it, this is so much bigger than what we ever thought. Um, and, and I love that you guys do that work. Going forward, I know you guys said you were um, – coming up with a, a new book off of some of the new cases as well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, we've just published Llewellyn have um, um, published what they call a little book series, which is just some small books and how people wrote uh, the little book of life between lives, hmm. which is, you know, just a cute little hard covered book as part of a series by Llewellyn publishing. So this time next year, we'll be publishing um, a book called wisdom of souls through the Newton Institute it's been assembled by our research team and pulled stories in from all of our people around the world. And it's going to be dealing with more of the practicalities of life, you know, anxiety, depression, grief, all of the things that, are, you know, people are having difficulties with and bringing forward stories that inspire people. Uh, we've just finished the first round of the manuscript and it's off to the publisher and as you probably know, it takes about 12 months to hit the market. Uh, but yeah, it's, and it's a book that we want to dedicate to Michael's memory. Wow. And, uh, you know, the work of one man has now become the work of, um, over 200 and, you know, our intention at Newton Institute is to continue this incredible work that he started as part of his legacy for humanity. Um, you know, one person can't do it all. That's why there's so many more of us now. And, you know, the humility of the guy, when we founded ourselves as the Newton Institute, we, uh, we sort of gathered together as a group earlier and then founded as the Newton Institute in 2005. You know, we had to convince him to name the organisation after him. <laughs> what do you want to name it after me for? Well, because you started this, Michael. He says, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, but, you know, we think it should be done that way. Oh, all right, he said. So <laughs> that, was, that was the guy. He was, um, you know, a very humble man. Quite the recluse. Um, he passed away in 2016, and um, you know he, he loved nothing better than you know spending time with family, of course, and his dear wife Peggy. But you know, walking in the mountains is one of the things he loved to do. And he was imagine how much stuff he got to witness and see and experience physically, like in a physical body and with this limited mind. You know, just I can't even imagine as he's walking through these mountains the amount of stuff that is just swirling around in his head as he's looking at this world. It, it the book again, it's just um, it's a surreal experience because you find yourself looking 
for me, it was especially at like the people in my life in a very different way. Like you, you, it almost like I found new appreciation and love and acceptance for where everyone was. And as a coach, you know, sometimes it's like, it's very easy to look out there and go, man, I just want to help all these people, right? Like I just want to help. And I'm sure as a, as a therapist too. And when you go through this process and you hear these stories and just realize like, that's their process, that's their process. They chose this exact experience to have this exact experience. I'm not, my job is not to take them out of the experience or train them like, that's the experience that they're supposed to be having right now. It gave me so much peace and ease yeah. to just allow people to be. And especially now as a father to two relatively young children, um, it, I mean, it's still something I go back and forth with. It's like finding that balance of just letting it be and and a little bit of guidance and all that stuff. But it was, it was a really beautiful eye-opening experience um, to see what human beings are choosing to go through um, in this lifetime. You know, there's a there's a ripple effect from having done one of these sessions for yourself, Elon, as well, and that is that, you know, um, it changes every conversation you have with your kids, mm. um, with your clients, with all the people that you help because you pose questions now as a coach from knowing the full landscape of what the universe is about and it'll you'll offer something other people won't. You know, if I look at my kids and... You know, um, you'll get to the teenage years, I assume, before too long. And I remember when my kids were teenagers and I, and I um, remember saying, um, I chose them as my children, I chose them as my children, I chose them as my children. Um, <laughs> as their dad, they chose me. And to, to look past the, you know, the challenges of um, parenting teenagers and knowing that there's a beautiful soul there that um, chose me out of all the men on this planet to be their father, I mean... You know, it just raises the vibe of teenagers who are late and haven't come home or, you know, um, a sleepover where no one's getting any sleep, including the parents. You know, it just it just changes everything up in the most beautiful way. I remember saying to my daughter once, my youngest, I said to her, um, you know, I was trying to be quite profound, you know, as, <laughs> as we're trying to do with our kids. Is that, is that the profound look face? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, I've been working on it. So... Um, so they, um, you know, normally you try to be profound just before they sit you on your backside. And um, I said to my daughter, I said, you know, you know, there was a time long ago before we got here where you and I had a conversation as our souls and, um, and you know, I asked to be your dad and you asked to be my daughter and we thought that would be great for this lifetime. And she looked at me and she says, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> just <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. <laughs> It's like I had a moment. I, I don't know if it was during that book or something where I um, I had a really profound feeling. Like, like I, I'm clear that my kids are here to be my guides and teachers. That that's clear to me. Um, I just had a really profound moment of almost seeing my daughter. Like it was very clear to me that she was here to teach me something. And I went into her bed and uh, we have like our, our nighttime routine and I'm putting her to bed. And at some point I, I looked her dead in the eyes and I was like, thank you. And she kind of looked, you know, like playful. She's, she's five, right? So she's looking at me really playful like, and 
She's like, and I, and I, and I just kept this very like serious gaze and I was really looking at her eyes. And I said, uh, thank you for being here and loving me and, and here to teach me. I want you to know that I see you as my master, as my master teacher. And all of a sudden, this little five-year-old cutesy girl who's like lit up with energy all the time and just like always like rambunctious and, you know, kind of that just gets like super centered, grounded. And I swear I could see through her eyes, like the, the, the soul version of her. I saw this woman with gorgeous curly hair, like floating. And she looked dead at me and she gave me one of these, like, now you see me. Yeah. That's me. Wow. And then like, you know, three seconds, four seconds later, like the, 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 my daughter came back with like all her energy and all that stuff. And it was, I was just like, what the, Hmm. so I read someone, someone wrote a quote, you know, uh, magic becomes more real, the more you believe in it. And, and that to me is, is all the work that you guys are doing is it's taking the veil off of magic it's making the magic believable and real through very very beautiful stories uh that the people have been generous enough to share with the world and so um yeah I, I i truly like feel honored to have you on here and and just so grateful for the work that you've done and and all the people the part of the Newton Institute have done and brought to the world. I'm uh, super excited. I know Peter has a book that he launched that um, I'll be going through shortly and having him back on about to talk about that with us. And then obviously when wisdom of souls comes out, we would love to have you back on here uh, after we experience that. Um, is there anything that you would love to share with our audience about, about yourself, about the work, anything like that? Really grateful for the opportunity to talk to people about what we do, Elon. And, um, you know, it's, it's great to be able to share and spread a little bit of inspiration with your help. Mm. And I believe everybody has, um, you know, the, the right to know their own soul mm. without having to wait till, uh, till we get back to the spiritual realm. You know, we can bring our soul into our day-to-day life. And all of our people are out there. We're in 40 countries. Um, you can find a list of all of our practitioners at newtoninstitute.org. We also have a quarterly newsletter that we put out. Um, it's a, a journal that you can subscribe to for around $20 a year. Uh, you get there's, It comes out quarterly, um, stories of the afterlife, and that's through mm. the website as well. And that keeps people up to date with the most recent cases between mm. the books that we do. Uh, for example, last year we did two different ones on um, off-world cases uh, for people who've, uh, you know, citizens of the universe, um, we call them. So uh, the most recent one was uh, had the theme of compassion. So, you know, we love to get the work out there. We've got different columns from our research people. We've got a lady who's a medical doctor in Germany that writes a column. Uh, I write a legacy column. So it's a, a great little thing. So... Um, I think I'll, I sent you a subscription there a while back. But um, if not, I'll make sure that we do. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is the, you know, this is the stuff that we do. Um, we'll just keep going. Uh, more and more souls are being called to learn more about this. Uh, Michael's books are out there still. There's more books coming. A lot of other people are publishing work on the between-lives state. So this is an emerging field that I think really has the potential to 
change the way people see things. Yeah, I, I if I could just add my two cents on this, I, I don't think sometimes there are certain books, you know, like Conversations with God comes to mind, Neil Donald Walsh, which is also a beautiful transmission. Um, there are people that are hesitant to dive into this work because of, like you'd mentioned, religious beliefs or, or strongly held beliefs about, you know, afterlife and things like that. I would offer to all of you that this is not a book uh, that will threaten any of that. I think if anything, it makes it so much more real. Um, so don't let, if you, I, I can't imagine that we have many of these listeners, but for, if, if you're one of these listeners, um, I definitely give this a chance. I think journey of souls truly is like one of those life experiences that I tell people, you just should give yourself the present of having that life experience uh, because it really is that beautiful. And um, yeah, Peter, we'll have all the links uh, for the Newton Institute in here. Uh, where's the best place for people to buy the book right now? Is, is Amazon the, the best place? Your yeah, website? Look, Amazon's probably the best. And I think they've segregated Amazon by country now. Oh. So I check local Amazons. Uh, for example, we've got a .com.au here in Australia. I think there's a European one. I don't think the American Amazon.com is posting internationally anymore but they've decentralized to local areas. Um, other than that, Llewellyn Publishing, uh, it's on their website as well. Beautiful. Yeah, so for all you out there, highly, highly, highly recommend this book and um, just tap into something very, very unique and very, very different. And then afterwards, you know, most people that I give the book to, they're like, how do I have this done on myself? Then you can go back to the website and actually find a practitioner that will uh, take you through that process. Peter, again, thank you so much for taking your time. I know Thanks, you're a very, very busy man. Uh, continue to do this amazing work. And um, yeah, I'm excited to have you back after uh, I get to deep dive into, into your mind in book form in a little while. I look forward to that. All right, everyone. Until we see you on the next Personal Development Without the Fluff podcast, have yourself an amazing week. Hey, hey, before you go, I just wanted to remind you to go lock in your $9 per month for life offer to join our collective. Like I said, you can even try it for free for the next 14 days. I promise if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love what we're sharing inside of the collective. Again, just head to satoriprime.com forward slash collective and you can lock that price in. These are the same tools that we share with our personal one-on-one clients and those guys pay us tens of thousands of dollars to work with us. You can have them for just $9 a month. Again, satoriprime.com forward slash the collective. And as always, we'd love to hear your honest reviews of our show. So if you head to iTunes and leave us a review right now, you could actually be next week's lucky winner. And lastly, if you do want to connect with Guy and I, head to Facebook right now, join our personal development without the fluff private group, ask for permission. There's a ton of amazing exclusive content there as well. And you get to communicate and interact with Guy and I on an ongoing basis. So as always, thank you for your trust, your loyalty, and your listening. We do not take it for granted. We really, really appreciate it. We love you and we'll see you next time.